0: Did you come ready to receive today? I hope you did and so what I want to do as we begin today uh, I just want you to uh, open your heart pray with me and ask the Lord to show up and speak to every one of us. So Father we thank you for who you are. God we make way for you today. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the 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 savior of the world that was sent for us to take our place and today we remember that we celebrate that we honor that we're so thankful for you and all of the grace that you've shown us in our lives. And so, God, today we ask you to speak. Would you speak to us? And uh, we ask that you would receive all honor and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said Amen. amen and amen. Wow, what a year this has been, Generation Church. Can I get a witness? If you've been around here very long, you've seen change, you've seen a lot happen, you've seen growth, you've seen expansion, you've seen miracles, you've seen God moving in people's lives, and and we have just been so excited about what God has been doing this year. Today is our Beyond uh, Year End Offering, and so we're we're, at the end of the service, I'm going to share a little bit more about what God has been doing this year. It really kind of, when we really dove into some of the stuff, it really blew us away um, to see all of the things that God has done, and just a short amount of time so i can't wait to share that with you but but i just wanted to say as i i don't know about you but i i reflect in december like i'm just thinking back before i start thinking forward i mean we think forward into 2019 but but how many of you know it's good to look back to look at god's faithfulness and then look forward in faith so when we looked back this year we just were like blown away and we're like we what can god do in 2019 through this church And it's been amazing to pray and to believe. And we felt God as your leaders, we felt God say, I want you to believe for more than you were going to. I want you to pray bigger than you were going to pray for. And just really begin to ask God for great things. I don't know about you, but we had a great year. But it was not without its struggles. It was not without its stresses. And it was not without its pressures. Can I get anybody who can relate to that? Three of y'all can relate. Everybody else is just so holy. That y'all just walk through flowers all day. Everything is good and God just waves his magic wand and everything is perfect for you. I need some of that, I guess. But, but God, although we've had our year, we've, we've gone through some things and, and whether it be family and, and just the routine of life and school and sports and job and finances and, and, and just growing here at Generation Church. How many of you know it's, it's not been without its struggles, but God's brought us through. God brought us through, and, uh, and, and I'm excited about this week because I believe with all my heart that, that this week you will see love in action. All, all beyond is, is we want to see the vehicle of vision get a full tank today. The vehicle of vision get a full tank today, and so I'm excited about that, and, uh, and, but can I preach just for a few minutes today? Would you let me do that? That was I wasn't really asking. I know sometimes preachers say that. They ask, but it's not really a question. I'm going to preach to you today for a little bit. So would you turn with me to Mark chapter 14 as we dive in a little bit today? And, and uh, I really want to share a, a story that, that impacted my life uh, many years ago. And it's a story of sacrifice. It's a story of offering. It's a story of worship. And I really feel like God put this on my heart for us during this season. And uh, it's, I'm going to talk to you just for a few moments today. On the blessing of sacrifice. And I want you to look in Mark chapter 14 with me. Mark 14, and starting in verse number three. Are you there? It says this, and while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he was reclining at a table. Now, Simon the leper, it's interesting they put that there. Could have just called him Simon, you know. He he obviously didn't still have leprosy, or they wouldn't have been in the room, but he was still kind of known from his past condition. And uh, that's unfortunate, right? Um, you know, I, I don't want to be known as Stephen, the, the ex, you know, convicted, you know, felon and, and drug addict. Come on. I'm just Stephen. Amen. Come on. But it could have been Simon. Uh, could, it could have been a, a, one of the lepers that Jesus healed. And so now out of gratitude, he's hosting Jesus at his house. We don't know. It just says Simon the leper. It says he was, Jesus was reclining at a table and a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard. We're going to talk about that. Very costly she broke the flask and poured it over his head. And there were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was the ointment wasted like that? Somebody say wasted. Why was this wasted? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And 300 denarii is about a year's wage. This was very, very costly oil. This was not, you know, just some, some little drakarnar from, you know, whatever... Cologne y'all used to wear in high school or whatever. Uh, And it says, it says, they scolded her, but Jesus, y'all don't know about that. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. We're going to talk about that word. For you always have the poor with you and, and whenever you want, you can do good for them, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and she has anointed my body beforehand for burial." truly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. That is an amazing statement right there. The sacrifice that this woman made was so valuable to Jesus that he rebukes them, those who called it a waste. And he says, no, 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 it was not waste. It was so valuable, as a matter of fact, that wherever the gospel is proclaimed, in all generations, what she's done today is going to be told. In 2018 at Generation Church, what this woman has just done is going to be spoken about. So I want to dive in today and find out why this sacrifice of this woman would cause such a dramatic response from Jesus. We're going to talk about the blessing of sacrifice. I know that word is not, those two words are not used very much together. As Americans, we don't like sacrifice, do we? Because sacrifice means giving up something. You want to talk about somebody who does not like sacrifice, that's my children, all right? I'm talking about, I, this is my toy, this is my thing, this is my iPad, this is my, this is my, 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 my. I'm not sacrificing for nothing and nobody. That's just what I have to deal with. Y'all pray for me, okay? We don't like sacrifice. And I, I was thinking about that this week and just the, the, the meaning of this and really feeling like God put this on my heart to share with you. And I, I, I was just looking up the word sacrifice. And, and the word actually means a loss, So right off the bat, we're like, uh-uh, I don't like it. A loss or something you give up for the sake of a better cause. So sacrifice is a loss or something you willfully give up for the sake or to serve a greater cause. If there's somebody who understands sacrifice, it's parents. Come on now. Where are my parents at? Some of you guys don't know this, but our youth pastors, Nathan and Amy, may be watching right now. They're not here, and there's a good reason why they're not here, because they just had their first child, their first baby girl. And I want to tell you, this baby girl, her name is Eva Shalom Free. Come on, there's destiny on that name. I don't know. I just feel like she's going to, you know, she's going to do something But I was thinking about that as it relates to sacrifice. You know, Nathan and Amy, they're early to mid-30s, their first child, and they've been married for a while. How many of you know you have your ways and you have the things that you enjoy? You have things you like to do on the weekends and Saturday morning. You like to sleep in because you've worked hard. How many of you know that baby comes along and all of a sudden things change a little bit and you don't even get a vote on it? Like, they didn't ask you. There was no, like, family poll, like, hey, we're going to sleep in today, or do y'all want to just get up at 6 a.m.? There was no vote on that. The baby comes, and it's immediate sacrifice. You get up. That, that mom gets up in the middle of the night, and I've already gone over and been able to hold baby Eva, and, and they were telling me the night before, they're like, man, it was just like every two hours, is up and up and up. You know what, though? They weren't complaining. They weren't complaining about having to get up at 2 a.m. Now, pre-Eva oh, they're going to complain. You know what I'm talking about. But as parents, we understand sacrifice, don't we? We understand that what I'm doing in this moment is serving something greater. Oh, I don't see it played out yet. Oh, I don't see the fulfillment of it yet. But I know I'm sowing good seed that's going to bear fruit that I don't even see yet. And so I'm willing, I'm willing to give up something for something greater this is the meaning of sacrifice and we know it all too well sacrifice comes in all shapes and sizes doesn't it we think of the story of christmas we think of what jesus did and the bible says in john 3:16 that for god so loved the world that he that he sacrificed that he gave his only son <clears throat> so that y'all pray for me i got losing my voice and I don't preach quietly, so I need my voice today. So so that, anytime I always tell you guys, anytime you see a so that in the Bible, circle it. It's about to tell you something. So that those who believe in him should not perish, but what? Have eternal life. Do you see the two two things here that are going on in this verse? We see the sacrifice. God so loved the world that the sacrifice was put on the table. Why? So that those who believe, you and I who believe in him, would not have to perish, but have eternal life. The sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. It's interesting that Jesus said, wherever the gospel is proclaimed, what she has done will be shared even at Generation Church in 2018. So I want to talk about it, church. I want to talk about it on this Beyond Sunday as we celebrate all of the things that God has done here, all of the lives that have been changed. I can't wait to share some stories with you and some things that God has been up to. And it's great, and and it's encouraging to us. and, And it has not come without its trials and its sacrifices. And I want us to kind of glean and pull from this story today to see if we can be encouraged by the faith and the obedience of this woman's gift to Jesus. So I want you to look. I'm going to give you three truths today as it relates to the blessing of sacrifice. Are you ready? Here's the first one, if you're a note taker. Truth number one, every blessing has a backstory. Every blessing has a backstory. I want you to look at verse 3 with me. It says this, And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, and he was reclining at the table, a woman came. A woman. It's It's not revealed to us who this woman is. It's not revealed to us. But what we know is that, that, that this story, if we see in all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this story is, 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 is told there too. And, and, and there's some debate about whether they're the same story. And so I'm just going to share that with you because if you're a theologian, you're, you're going to say, wait a minute, the, the one in Luke may not be the same. And I know that. But let's just, let's just look at the two sides for a second. In Mark, it says a woman. In Luke, it says a sinner, a woman who was a sinner. And in John, it actually says Mary, Magdalene, the sister of Lazarus. And so we're not really sure. Is Luke a different story? Here's the point. It doesn't really matter because both women had a backstory to their blessing. I'm going to share that with you. I'm going to share it because because her her honor, whether it was whether it was the sinner, And and some people say the woman in Luke who says here was the sinner who busted up in a meeting she was not invited to. And the people there said, I can't believe that Jesus would even communicate with her if he knew who she was and what she had done. Jesus rebuked them. If it was this woman, many people say it could have been the woman who, the prostitute, who uh, uh, Jesus actually saved and drawing in the sand. And here she is and her history and her, her, her honor is flowing from her history. Every blessing has a backstory, doesn't it? Maybe it was, maybe it was Mary, the sister of Lazarus. What, what, what do we know about her? Well, Mary, we, we, she was constantly found at the feet of Jesus. She was constantly found just surrendering to Jesus. And no doubt, not only that, but she was an eyewitness to the, one of the greatest miracles in the raising of her brother Lazarus. She had a history with Jesus. And if it was her, this, this present blessing Oh, it had a backstory. <clears throat> I wonder how many of us today have a, a backstory to our praise. I wonder how many of us are praising today as a response to some things that God has done in the past. Maybe it's just me, but I, I've, there, there's been times in my life when I, I said, you know, there's no way that, that, that I can ever come out of this situation and God shows himself faithful once again. God shows himself faithful over and over and over. And so here I am today, December the 9th. Y'all, help me out. Sorry, I got a broke arm too, so I'm all struggling. I've preached before with 103 fever. So the devil ain't holding me back today. I'm going to get this word out broke arm, whatever goes on, God's got a word today. Amen. What I'm trying to say is that you and I today are sitting in the blessing of someone else's sacrifice. You and I today, even in this building, even in this church, you're sitting in a seat from someone else's past sacrifice. Every blessing has a backstory. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about if you were here for our first Wednesday service, I shared a little bit about my mom and dad and how, you know, many of you don't know this, but about 13 years ago, they started this church, which was then Seabreeze Community Church. And my wife and I were not even here then. And they would go from place to place. And they, they kind of went from location to location. And many times were in such a small location that growth was even impossible because there was just in this little tiny building. And even before that, I remember growing up and my dad being a, at that time, you know, a Southern Baptist pastor when I was growing up and, and, and watching him go through church split and church split and church split. And if you've been in some some churches who've gone through that, you know, the pain that you can that can cause you when you go through a, a, where an entire church just just splits apart. It's not fun. And I remember vividly times when my parents would would be just getting stabbed in the back from people and people would be lying about them and people would be trying to get them out of the church and and one time just just vividly I remember this like it was yesterday they're sitting around the table and talking and weeping and I, I come in and I see them crying around the table and I begin to just ask them what's what's going on and and they began to share with me some of the pain that they were walking through with the church. And, of course, I had been kind of shielded from that. And they started to share some of that. And I remember the tears flowing. And I remember just the confusion and people that they had poured their life into and trusted that were turning on them and the pain that they, that they had gone through. But one of the things that I remembered is that in my, in my I mean, listen, at this time as a, as a, a teenager, I, mean, I was lost as I could be. I was addicted to drugs. I was partying all the time, and so that angered me. It's one of the reasons why I didn't get saved until I was 21 years old. I had done so many things, and the last thing that I wanted to do was come to church. I didn't like church people. Because I had seen what what can happen, and my parents walked through so much. But one of the things that I can attest to you today, and it's why I am who I am today, is because my parents never retaliated. My dad, I remember him pulling me aside in probably the third or fourth church split. He pulled me aside and he said, Stephen, saying yes to the call is not easy. Saying yes to the call that God places on our life and living a life of obedience, it's not easy. It's going to take sacrifice. And listen, it's never our job to retaliate. I know what this family is saying about us. I know what has been done, but we cannot retaliate. This is That's God's job. We leave that up to him. We choose to love, and we choose to continue a life of obedience. And listen, as a young, crazy kid, I was being molded. I didn't even know it. The faithfulness of my parents, just year in and year out. And then they start this church. Well, because of, of a church that they had been, you know, kind of voted out of again. And they said, we're just dumb. We just want to be around people who love Jesus. Like We don't want all the other stuff. That's the history this church was birthed in. And faithfulness and their, 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 their willingness to continue. And, and, and I was thinking about their legacy. and I was thinking about that today. Today I am, I am preaching at the podium of my mom and dad's sacrifice. And that you and I together, are, are, we are enjoying some of the blessings of yesterday's tilling of the soil. Years and years of not just my mom and dad, but other leaders who were who had come into this ministry who believed in us and praying and, and hitting a wall and praying and believing and hitting a wall and praying and praying and, and just continuing to be faithful to the call. We today in 2018 have, have begun to see the fruit, the, 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 the fruit of the backstory, which is sacrifice, which is faithfulness which is obedience, this, 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 and there, every blessing has a backstory. It's easy for us to look back and say, what blessings am I walking in today because of the the road that someone else has paved? Before I go on to the next point, I really want to ask us together, when we think about next year and the year after that, Who's going to be reaping the blessing of today's sacrifice? Well, we can talk about yesterday, and I can share stories about my, my parents and the faithfulness of others who've been in this church and, and, and who we are now seeing we are now seeing the, the, the fruit of that. But what about tomorrow? What about tomorrow's blessing coming from today's sacrifice? So listen, every blessing has a sacrifice. And the second truth I want to share with you today is this, sacrifice doesn't always make sense. I want you to look at verse three with me. It says, and while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he was reclining at a table. A woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly. And she broke the flask and poured it over his head. And there were some who said to themselves, indignantly why was the ointment wasted like that this was worth a year's wage I don't know if you do this but when I read the Bible I put myself in the story and I imagine that I'm sitting at the table and I'm listening to Jesus and here comes this woman And she begins to break the bottle open and begins to pour it over Jesus. Now, you got to understand, customary. It was custom for the host, as the guest would come in, to to put a couple of drops of oil on their head and their feet. She went well beyond that, and she broke the flask and began to pour it over Jesus. I don't know about you, but if I was there, I would have been like, Whoa! What is happening right now? And then the, the smell of the pure nard comes up, and you're thinking to yourself, this is crazy. This, 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 is, this is too much. What are you doing? This is costly. This, is, this could have been used somewhere else. Sacrifice doesn't always make sense. What was Jesus' response? I love it because he says in verse 6, Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. You know, I like words, and I like to look words up, and I begin to look what what this word means, and I begin to find that that the word beautiful, or some translations would say good. She has done a a good thing, and, and there are actually two Greek words that are translated good in the English. The first one is, Agathos, which is it's it it's good from a moral standpoint. It's it's a calculated good. But there's another word in the Greek that our English we, we don't really have a word for it. So they just say good or beautiful. But this word kalos, it means good, but it but it means an uncalculated extravagance. Wanna hang with me for a second? An uncalculated extravagance, beautiful. It doesn't measure what is just good enough to get by. In some sense, it is impulsive in a good way, motivated by love. It is love's impulse. We don't have a word for that in the English language. We need to think about it. Jesus said, no, 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 don't rebuke her. She has done a kalos thing. She has, she, has, she has said yes to the impulse of love that is uncalculated in this moment. See, I don't know about you, but I calculate stuff. That's just the way my mind processes, and I'm, I'm thinking through stuff, and it has to make sense to me, and I, I would have probably been doing the math in my head. I'm like, I'm like thinking, wait a minute, this is crazy. That's, that's a year, that's it. and I'm just, that's, that, that's the way I think. Jesus said, there is a sacrifice that is kalos. It is uncalculated extravagance. Uncalculated. I began to think about that this week. In my own life, as Jesus looks at her and says, she's done a kalos thing. And I began to think about the impulsive love that I feel sometimes. How many times have I felt the impulse to pray for someone and I don't? How many times have I felt the impulse to bless someone or thank someone? And I don't, and I, I never respond to the impulse because I allow myself to overcalculate or overthink the situation. Anybody ever been there before? You feel an impulse to do something, but then your mind just gets in the way. And you think, you know, I really feel just like, I, I don't even need to measure what's this going to cost. I, I just feel the impulse of love in this moment. But wait a minute, and that wait a minute kills the impulse. At least it does for me. Time and time again, there's been times where I've been pushed into kalos moments and I've allowed the calculation to kill the moment. And yet Jesus said, there is a a sacrifice that doesn't make sense. It's a little backstory of my wife and I. We came here about nine and a half years ago from the mission field. We moved here, we had nothing. We had given all of our stuff away, and we moved here and had a 1996 Honda Accord that just sputtered along. Come on, somebody. And we came here, and we're going to be youth pastors, and this room right here was an oil-stained floor that had been used to hold equipment, and so there were holes all in the wall, and we came here, and I started working at two jobs, and you know, coming from the jungle of Belize, you know, I remember the first time getting back in front of a computer, I would have headaches and remember we didn't have, you know, AC and it was humid and bugs. And then I'm sitting in front of a computer and I'm thinking, Lord, what are you doing right now? And then I would spend my night, many times I would get off of work and I would, I would go home and eat some food and then I would come down here and try my best on a Tuesday night to get a word for these three or four teenagers who would come the next night who probably didn't even want to be there and I would cry out to the Lord and I would pray to the Lord and we were faithful we were faithful year in and year out and years would go by and the frustrations sometimes that we would feel the frustrations that we would feel you know just with different things and and feeling like we would keep hitting a wall in our personal lives and, and certain things that were going on and Years would go by, and we a couple of times we would get these a couple of offers of people that say, Hey, we, we want you to come here to our church or to this ministry, and we have, a, we have an offer for you. And if I was to calculate it, it made sense. Come on. It made sense. I'm like, wait a minute. So working two jobs. Sputtering 96 Honda Accord. Barely paying there were days that we we didn't even know how our bills got paid. We looked at the we looked at our budget and we said, I don't we said, I don't even, this doesn't even make sense. I'm just not gonna question it. We just the bills got paid. And here we had some offers come to our table, and to me they made sense. Unfortunately, before I could even get out of my mouth, I'll pray about it and get back to you. The Lord said, uh-uh. And I said, I'm sorry. We can't do that. God would, over and over, he would, he would stir my heart, and, and I would be frustrated, and I would come before my mom and dad, and I would say, there was times where I would say, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I just can't do this anymore. This doesn't make sense to me. I'm tired. I'm str- I am mean, eight years of youth ministry. Come on, if y'all don't know about that, it is not the easiest ministry pouring into teenagers week in and week out we were going into these neighborhoods and we were we were filling up buses full of you know kids who parents didn't want to go to church so naturally you bring them in they're not listening to me they're there for the pizza and the girls and I'm just being real with you and I'm pouring my heart out to them we just kind of struggling our way through and trying to be faithful. It didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense to stay, but we knew we knew that God called us to stay because God kept saying, trust me, I'm doing something. Trust me, I'm doing something. And many times, you know, faith responds when 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 reason tries to doubt, even in our own personal giving, it was like, man, how, how can we be obedient here? But we just were like, we got to be faithful. I don't know if you've been there, but you know, when you have a lot, it's a little easier, but we don't have much. You don't know you know, can I pay this bill? And we're trying to be faithful to the call of God on our life, on every standpoint of our life. It didn't make sense. Even now, with my wife this week sitting down and saying, God, you know, I said, babe, let's just looking at the vision of 2019 and knowing what God could accomplish and looking at all the things that He's already done this year, and we began to pray and say, What what, what are we what are we gonna? give to this what what are we going to sow into the soil here and you know trying to reason a number but the number God gave to us was like that doesn't make sense and and so sometimes the, the sacrifice doesn't always make sense we've we've had three couples move across the country to be a part of Generation Church just within the last year just within the last year Jesse and Maria moved their whole family to be a part of this ministry Andrew and Marissa, my, my brother, and moved across the country to be a part of this ministry. Amy and Nathan moved from Washington State. You don't get much farther than that in the United States. Loaded up a U-Haul a year ago. So we don't understand it. but God spoke to us and said, we want to be a part of the vision. We want to be a part of what's happening. Just think of Jesse and Maria having never lived anywhere else. Being with family, a, a comfortable life, and friends, and Just just hearing a call and being willing to say, you know, this doesn't add up. I know Jesse enough to know he calculated many times. He did the math. He did that. You're telling me to take a pay cut to move across the country? That doesn't make sense. Sometimes sacrifice doesn't make sense, does it? Sometimes sacrifice doesn't make sense. But I'm telling you this, church, it's always worth it. It's always worth it. Whatever God lays on your heart, not just financial, I just mean it, your life to be a sacrifice before the Lord. It's worth it. You know, as a pastor in <clears throat> 15 years of walking with the Lord, I've been to many bedsides, I've held many hands in hospital rooms. And I was thinking about this. I've never once, never once been standing by a bed and holding someone's hand, and they look me in the eye and they say, Pastor, Reflecting now on all these years, I wish I would have sacrificed less for the Lord. Never heard that. Holding someone's hand, never heard anyone say, "You know, I wish I would have done a little less for the Lord and more for myself." Never heard that. But you know, I heard over and over. You know, Pastor Stephen. Now that this this perspective has has hit me, and I'm I'm laying here, and my days may be very few. I, I look back, and if I could do it again, I'll just say this to you. I would have given everything for the kingdom of God. God is so good, and I can't wait to be with him. But, but I see where I missed it. I see where I overcalculated everything, tried to play it safe, wouldn't step out for the things that God had called us to do and really just trust him, really step out, really just say yes to the call, not allow the things of the world to slow us down and knock us off track. How many of you know sacrifice doesn't always make sense? Well, my last point today is this. There's always seed in the sacrifice. I want you to look at verse 8. Verse 8 says this. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her, their seed in the sacrifice. I was thinking about, again, this week, reflecting as of all of God's goodness to us and my family and this church and our friends, and was just remembering the days, our youth pastor days, just remembering the, 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 the nights and, and, and just pouring into these kids. And, and, and I, I, do you know what it's like to spend hours in prayer and seeking the face of the Lord? And I mean, you feel like you've just got a good word and you're just ready to love those kids. And You've spent, you've sacrificed your time. You've poured into your me- I mean, you're just ready to go and you show up and you've got six teenagers staring at you on their phones and the last thing they want to do is hear from you it's not too encouraging let me just say it that way and year after year pouring into these kids and seeing God move a little bit and and continuing to be faithful and going into the neighborhoods and bringing in kids that didn't want to be there but they liked free food and they liked the games and the basketball and all that stuff and so they'd keep coming but I just can't tell you how many nights I would hold my wife's hand and I would say this is not easy It's not easy working jobs and 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 just trying to be faithful to the call and just loving these kids and and I don't see any fruit I don't it was hard many times of just just wondering if I was even getting through wondering if I was even getting through but just keep giving just keep pouring just keep pouring it's funny because some you know I'm a little under the weather today and my, my my voice is going but but usually I've I've i'm i'm pretty active preacher and i've had people come up to me and say you know you sure do move around a lot up there you know you sure do yell a lot up there what's that all about i say well i was with teenagers for eight years won't you try it and you tell me if you can stand up there monotone and stay in one place and you can reach them teenagers. Man, I'm telling you, I was there'll be times I'm down here and I'm talking to them, and I'm, I'm looking them in the face and I'm I'm you know, up on the speakers and just getting their attention and whatever I could do, and then eye contact, and I'm like, yes, at least eye contact. So you want to know why I am who I am the way the, why I'm the way I am today is just because of that. And you get the spillover of that. So if I'm loud and I yell, just deal with it. I was molded in the fire of youth ministry. And it's a hot fire, guys. It's a hot fire. But it's not an easy one. Ministry and just, just life and, and, and not even in ministry, but just saying yes to Jesus. Obedience. There's a little pressing. There's a little, there's times where you're like, did I make the right? Should, I don't even know if we should be here. And and I've shared with you that just times where I call my dad and say, I'm out, I'm done, I don't want anything to do with this. I, I don't, we're moving somewhere, but it's not it's, we're just out, distressed. These kids don't, they don't, they don't care about anything I have to say anyway. And years would go by, I'd go before the Lord. I'd say, God, can you send me somewhere else? And he'd say, no trust me I say well I've been trusting you you got a plan B so I'm not liking plan a first five or six years that we lived here I mean, struggling to even have really really close friends and just you know we had some great people in our church but there was just you know our, our own personal things were just like God what are you doing like we, we there's just this bubbling inside of us and we Wednesday night, man, it's just like punching a wall. Sometimes I was thinking about seed and the sacrifice, and I was thinking because recently one of our teenagers who came through our youth group, her name is Miranda. Some of you know her. She came to our group, and she was about twelve years old, and she just just graduated and went off to college, and. Um, just about a month ago, she messaged me, and i taking the liberty to read her text message to you. I didn't even get permission, but that's okay if you're watching. She watches sometimes from, from college, but I just want to share this with you. She sent this to me. She said, I realize that it's pastor appreciation, and I, I feel so blessed that you were my youth pastor and became the head pastor. She said, you always said when you were preaching to youth that it would all be worth it, even if just one person's life was changed. And I always count myself as part of the one. I don't think I would be who I am and have the faith that I have if it wasn't for your teaching. Every single message you preached, I learned something, and I still do, and you've truly impacted my teenage years in the best way possible. Sometimes I wish I could go back in time and be back in the old youth group with you preaching and always having a Starbucks cup. Don't ask. Thank you for never giving up on youth and for always speaking truth, and never trying to put on a show. And there was some seed in the sacrifice, is what I'm trying to tell you, church, that we don't always see it. We don't always understand it but it's always worth it. And I, I was talking with our, our B group, our small group leaders just this week and um, just, wanted, just got together for, for dinner and wanted to, them to share stories of this past semester's groups and was so encouraged. But how many of you know that it's not easy to lead a group every week? See, some of us, you know, it's a struggle to even make a group, but leading a group, you, your house has got to be prepared you got to be ready. And there are, and I told them, I said, there's days, because we had our own group, and there were days where, I'll just be honest with you, be, you know, 3, 3 p.m., and I knew we had group, and I didn't even, I didn't want to have it. I just, I just want to go home and have a normal night. I'm sorry, I'm not spiritual right now. Just tired. And it was a sacrifice sometimes, but to sit there and hear the testimonies from group after group after group of lives that were being changed. And, and I shared, and they shared the same thing with me. They said, Pastor Stephen, I, 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 it was the same for me. There were nights where I'm just like, man, I don't even want to go to the group, much less host it. But I never said that once the group was over. I was always thankful. God always moved. God always encouraged me. I was always so glad that I made the decision to say yes. To sacrifice. Miracles were happening and testimonies and God's goodness just week after week was so encouraging, so encouraging to me. And I say all of this to say that there is seed in the sacrifice, church. God is calling us to new heights. and It's going to take all of us together.